0: Hello and good morning, all my spooky people. Welcome to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Morgan.
1: I'm Sarah.
0: I'm Erin, and we are remote recording due to the quarantine, <laughs> and it sucks, but we're making it Way work. Will it end? <laughs> <laughs> trying. Yeah, we're surviving. trying to make it surviving, thriving, doing our best. Um, we are all <laughs> in our in our homes using a remote recorder uh skyping each other so we can see each other um yeah it's hard i miss you gals um I so close you. yet so
2: far <laughs>
0: <laughs> just let me I know cry least- in my corner <laughs> and since we do these episodes weekly it's it's hard and i feel like we've got at least a couple more episodes to record this way um but hey we're making it work it's all gonna be okay so checking in on you gals. Haven't talked to you about spooky stuff in a week. Um,
1: how was everyone's mm-hmm. week overall? Not haunted. Nothing haunted has happened in my house. Except That's for good. Gle- yes, Clavin Gle- keeps making jokes at all the footsteps we hear upstairs. No one lives up there. I've seen them. <laughs> it's all up in your upstairs. head. <laughs> Basically, he's making me turn into a girl in the yellow wallpaper. Did you ever read that short story? I was going to say, what the hell is that?
2: What, Aaron? Have you read it? Yeah, yeah. I think I have. I can't remember when, if it was college or high school, but I um, it sounds very familiar.
1: Basically, it's set like in the early 1900s, maybe, and uh, this guy thinks his wife is hysterical, so he locks her in like her room, and he's a doctor, or whatever, so whatever. Um, but she goes insane in there, and she thinks there's a girl inside her wallpaper, so she starts tearing the wallpaper out. <gasps> that's that's the basis of the story, and then there's some twist like she was always the girl in the wallpaper but yeah you yeah
2: it makes you think it's a, <laughs> but it's definitely creepy
1: now that i've referenced it oh. i don't remember the moral of the story but it's interesting it's a short story so it's a quick read
2: yeah if you can probably find it online somewhere away. just to read if you hear the girl what? in the
0: wallpaper just leave just run away <laughs> <laughs> i guarantee you well, Sarah, I'm going to steal your line, but anybody have any weird dreams this
1: week? <laughs> Freaking yes. I've been trying to tell. Okay. Yes. Wait, Karen, <laughs> do you have any? I thought you said
2: you did. I did. So like Friday night, I could not fall asleep for like the life of me. I don't know what it was. So it was like 1230. I passed out and then I woke up random times throughout the night. I don't even know how many hours of sleep I got. But I had like dreams within dreams within dreams. They all didn't seem to connect. Maybe wow. it was all one. I don't know. But I had to dream about laundry again. <laughs> I don't know oh why. Oh, my God.
1: You <laughs> come over uh. anytime. We'll take care of you.
2: I don't really know where I was at because it was like I was doing laundry, but then I was in a field, like packing up. I guess I was on vacation and I really wanted to get home. And I'm like, we should leave now at around like this time. So I saw my laundry was at like 36 minutes. And then I look again and it has it says that it has like two hours and 35 minutes left. And I'm like, I just saw you a second ago. And then there's laundry, um, all of my wet clothes that are still um, just like on the floor now. And I'm like, what, what happened? And then it was crazy. And I was like, I want to leave by like four o'clock. And then I look at my watch and it's like past five thirty. and I'm like, what's going on? What is time? Oh, no. Time does not exist. And then, after that, I don't remember if I woke up or not, but then it transitioned to me being in this building with like random people I don't know and we're doing these like weird random challenges and games and there's like sticks and poles all set up throughout and you have to run to a pole and you have to like make something on there and <laughs> if you make something cool or whatever, you win the challenge and I'm like, I don't know what to do and people kept on going to the sticks I was going to and I'm like <laughs> It was very upsetting.
1: <laughs> so is that the game you're going to pick for us next week?
2: I don't know what it was. I don't think I could make that up. Decorate a stick.
1: Everyone run to the sticks.
2: Yeah. And then it transitioned to me. Like, it was so surreal. It was like me dreaming about looking at social media. Maybe I need to stop looking at social media, but I like clicked on this girl's like Insta story and she Mm -hmm. had this thing with like Sigma on it and then she had these softball medals that she kept in like this clear little case but it had water in it and it was like moving in slow motion and I'm like, did I eat something weird last night? Like, I don't know what I'm (laughs) doing.
1: Did you have mushrooms by chance?
2: Right,
0: like what the hell, girl?
2: I did not. I don't know what happened, but... I had many, many dreams, so they all don't connect at all. But that,
1: I can't believe remember you remembered so many of them too. That never happens to you.
2: Yeah, usually I remember like little bits and pieces, but I made sure that I actually wrote it down this time. It was close enough oh. to when I needed to wake up, so I was like, "Might as well jot it down."
1: <laughs> yes, yes,
2: yes. Yeesh. Yeah. What about your dreams?
1: Nightmare. Okay. Ooh. Here we go. So, Ooh. in my dream, I knew it was quarantine time. But I showed up at a buffet and the buffet was outside the park. And I remember thinking to myself, like, <laughs> well, I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so fucking great. I'm just like Okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. It's like I'm the sorry. golden corral outside. I remember being like, Okay, maybe it's like fresh air that's less germs. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love the fried chicken. So,
0: oh my god.
1: And like a lot of people were there and I'm walking around and then I realized I have stuff all over me, like I have food all over me. And I was like, okay, well, thank God there's outdoor showers. And so this, yeah, I'll oh, just wait. And so <laughs> the shower, it's like, um, oh, what is that called? Like a like a podium type thing, a pavilion. Uh-huh. it's a pavilion, but it's raised mm-hmm. a little bit, but all the mm-hmm. sides are open. And I'm, I'm taking all my clothes off, looking around the families like, i very naked. <laughs> Like, okay like you know what, just do it like dash, just get it done just get it done and it feels like it's taking forever of course like I can't move fast enough and like people are looking at me because i'm naked in the middle of a buffet <laughs> and then finally i finished my clothes on and i turn around this lady is looking at me so rudely and she's like you could have at least closed the curtains look and she closed and i'm like why wouldn't you tell me that like you <laughs> know like i've been oh, no. here." And so now I'm horrified. am like, you know what? Just go back to your parents, like they're eating somewhere, we'll find them. And I'm walking and I get tackled by these two guys and they start pulling um is it horse flies, the really big ones? Yeah. Uh-huh. They start pulling horse flies out of my ears. <sighs> like, we couldn't What the get heck? Away. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt it. Like I woke up and I was checking to see if I had an ear infection. So I was like, what is this? And they they pulled Stop. Like, two to three of them out. And finally he's like, Okay, I think you're good. I think you're good. And I was like, Oh, my God. And I was like, I told my dad to check it. Like, I don't I don't think he to check anymore. And he's like, well, can I uh, get your number? Oh and God. I gave it to him <laughs> because I felt so uncomfortable. I remember I looked I down and I was wearing my engagement ring. And he was wearing a ring. And I was like, okay, it's 314. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I woke up and immediately checked my ears. Barf. Oh, my God. Isn't that insane? S-
0: Syrah. I hate it.
2: Uh, yeah, That's yeah. My head. I did not like that one.
0: Like I thought I didn't like teeth dreams. I think I don't like ear dreams just as much. That has never oh.
2: happened to me.
1: I shall look up what it means on the next episode.
0: Please do. Buh. Yeah, Unless I am curious. Insane,
1: we'll...
0: anyway. Also, horseflies are freaking big and gross. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry for you and your dream self. Well, gross.
1: I don't know. I mm, yeah. I remember Where I could else? feel it in my dream. Like, it was so real. Oof, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I don't yeah. like it. Welcome to my life, guys. Ugh. This is why I well, we talk about dreams and psychology.
0: Yeah. So I need yeah. help. <laughs> <laughs> well, to fully transition, it's so funny that you mentioned phone numbers because that's what we're using to decide who goes first this week. So I was desperately looking up online, like, how to pick who goes first. And it came up with all these, like, preschool, <laughs> like, whoever can run to this line quicker. And I was like, no, 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 no. So um, whoever has, like, the lowest, like, digit at the end of their phone number will go in We'll go in that order. Does that make sense? That uh, yes. I don't know. so I don't know your all's phone number, so I figured that was fair. I don't know them all okay. by heart. So, like, my I'm phone sick. number ends in a seven. Oh, Aaron? One. I am last again. Oh, my <laughs> God. What is this? Like, Spoiled I, I my even. My own game. Right. What the fuck? Okay, so Aaron has one. Sarah has six. I have seven. Glad there wasn't a tie. What? Okay, of course I'm going last. Anyway, so Aaron, Sarah, me. Pissed. All right. <laughs> So with that, Erin, do you want to take it away?
2: Oh, yes, I will. And with, you know, quarantine going on and everything, you know, nobody really knows what's happening. I thought we all deserved a little bit of a pick-me-up story. So I oh. decided I will do a true crime story that um, was on an episode of I Survived. So what? I watched an I Survived episode, and then I also looked at an aware.org org article two. So you guys ready?
0: I am so ready for this pick
2: me up story. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I know this one's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on Friday, August 1st, 1977 in Jacksonville, Florida, Susan Gonzalez was at home with her husband, Mike. They live about 10 minutes from town. And while her husband was asleep in the bedroom, um, he had to wake up early the next morning. So he was already in bed. Susan was still awake and watching TV in the living room while waiting for their 18-year-old son, Mike Jr., to come home. While watching TV, she hears her doorknob jiggle a bit. She looks at the clock and notices that it's about 12.40 in the morning, and she just assumes it's her son. They had compromised and agreed for that night he could um, stay at his friend's house and play video games with his friend till like 1 a.m. So she thinks he's just home a little bit early. So since she thinks her son is at the door and just putting his key in, um, she starts to get up, goes to open the door, and as she walks to the door, she kind of realizes that she didn't hear her son like set his alarm on his car, so she doesn't hear that those like two beeps, beep beep, to set that car alarm. Um, so before she can really think about that being odd, or she can really act or hesitate, out of nowhere, Susan hears this loud boom sound, and she sees her front door getting smashed in by three armed and masked (gasps) men. Oh, no. (gasps) Before the men have fully entered her house, she runs toward her bedroom. And as she's running, she hears one of the men yell, either lay down, ma'am, or get down, ma'am. But she continues to run to the bedroom where her husband had been sleeping. One of the intruders actually- I think so. He seems Lord, like a bit of a heavy damn. sleeper.
1: That's
2: what I would say. Okay, Sam, sorry,
1: boy, I'm jealous. But continue.
2: Yes. <laughs> One of the intruders runs toward her and like jumps over the couch in an attempt to grab her, but the man ends up falling and Susan is able to make it to the room <laughs> safely. Bitch. Ha, ha, mm-hmm. So <laughs> Susan slams the you door know, and. <laughs> susan slams the door and puts her back against it to keep the men from entering the bedroom and all while doing this she's screaming you know for mike to wake up and help her and then the three men do reach the door and these men aren't messing around they are beating against the door trying to open it and susan is struggling and doing everything she can to keep it closed right mike does wake up and he sprints to the door, hey, I would love to be a deep sleeper.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, what is his alarm like in the morning? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does wake you up,
2: sir? That's the real thing. that
0: shaking out. one? The one where like it vibrates your whole bed?
2: Something. It sounds like he needs it.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, And even though both of them are using their body weight to keep the door closed, the intruder's attack causes the door to start breaking. So... <laughs> Susan also feels like she is being pushed away from the door and realizes that she has been shot in the chest. So,
0: yes, they have guns. Oh, I got, I literally just got like goosebumps like a rat, like, okay, okay,
2: sorry. I don't like that. Even though Susan had been shot and it felt like her chest was on fire, she knew she couldn't stop and think about the pain because her husband was still in trouble. He was still up there trying to push him out. And she had to help him fight off the intruders. She also didn't realize it at the time, but Mike had also been shot in the shoulder as well. Ugh. So Susan is watching her husband hold off three masked men while they are continuously beating and hitting him. So they're breaking the door down. They're able to get through and they're hitting him um, basically on the head with their guns um oh. susan in the episode described her husband as like short so around five foot five five foot six but he was pretty muscular and even though he's getting like the crap beat out of him yeah um he continues to fight them off and he has a hold of all three of them and ends up pushing the three men away from the bedroom into the living room area oh. so go oh. mike
0: <laughs> my mike what a fucking wow Mm-hmm. All mean, five six gentleman. <laughs>
2: he <laughs> he may be a deep heavy hand? sleeper, but yeah.
1: Or he's really just took recharges off. of his sleep. You know what I'm saying? I like mean, he's an Energizer Bunny. Go,
0: go, go! Right. I mean, regardless of okay. his stature or like, I mean, he could have been five six and you know weight lifted every day. One severely injured person against three. Right. Damn, boy.
1: Okay. Yeah. a really injured Shoot. person one who's not? And who has a gun? Like, yeah. a
0: weapon? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, Mike, and his head's I'm been, like, you. bashed you. in. Oh,
2: Mike, you a super... yellow flower. And I'm not a heavy sleeper, but even just to wake up from it and be like, what the heck's going on, and to quickly get up and just act, just pretty cool. Yeah. You guys,
1: so I Mike continues. My toe once, and I thought I broke it, okay? And I was crying. <laughs> no one shot me. <laughs> This was only like two months ago. I literally was wrapping it, going to work, and it was my pinky toe. So go, Mike. Oh, poor baby. I'm just, I'm. Thank you. It doesn't hurt anymore, so I don't. We're all praising Mike.
2: He's doing awesome. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So he continues fighting the men in the living room, which leaves Susan alone in the bedroom. So his quick thinking gives her, uh, gives Susan the chance to grab her phone and call nine one one. So, she gets a hold of the dispatcher and just kind of yells, quote, we are being shot. Get here now. She tells the dispatcher her address and she hangs up the phone. So, during her interview and on the episode, Susan says she wasn't sure why she hung up and didn't just leave the phone on so that the dispatcher could hear what was happening. But Mm -hmm. I was also thinking, so I kind of, there's a lot more information still, but... I don't know what I would do in that situation, but also if you left the phone on, then that could, sh- you know, the other men could hear it and they would find out that she called 911. So maybe in her head, she was like, if I hang up, maybe they wouldn't have heard that conversation. Shoot.
0: I mean, it's just a reflex. I mean, sh- she's fucking probably bleeding out and mm-hmm. like I, right. after a phone call, hello, I I hang up. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think if I was in like a drastic state, I who knows what I would do. Oh, yeah, and you're
1: trying to yeah, just call, I go to the next thing. I, it makes sense
2: to me. I would I would hang up. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know either. It's different in every situation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, so after her, Susan hangs up the phone, she goes to the bedside cabinet in the bedroom where Mike always keeps his 22 caliber pistol. Okay, Susan yaw, grabs the gun. Serial. Bang bang. Mm-hmm. She turns the safety off, but then she contemplates how she's going to use the gun on the um assailants. Since Mike is still fighting the men off, she knows there's a chance she could end up shooting and hitting her husband and oh. injuring or killing him. Oh. So, she, so she has the gun and she knows she wants to use it. But she's like, how am I going to do this?
0: Right. Yeah.
2: So she if decides to. running around. To,
0: yeah, it'd be hard.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And he's still, Mike still has hold of all three of them. So she decides to shoot over the men's heads um, in the hopes that the intruders will just run away after hearing the gunshots. So she runs out of the bedroom, shoots over their heads. Um, She said about two or three times she let those shots off. Unfortunately, this didn't scare the men, and one of the intruders actually starts to run towards Susan again. So Susan runs back to the bedroom. She quickly turns around, thinking that the man will be right behind her, but he wasn't there. So Susan kind of peeks out of the doorway a little bit and notices that the man that was chasing after her is now... Um, in her kitchen, squatting down and kind of hiding by the side or behind her, like, refrigerator. No. So mm-hmm. she can only see his arm and the gun. She realizes that this man is basically waiting for her to come out of the bedroom so he has an opportunity to, you know, shoot and kill her or grab her. What what the I It's crazy! <laughs> what the intruders didn't know, though, was next to the bedroom was a dining room that led back around to the living room so the guys didn't know the layout of this house at all so apparently there was Mm -hmm. i guess a side door um or something that susan ran to she slides across um this kind of short wall and then tiptoes back into the living room where she now sees the man who had chased her but this time his back is to her yeah. So, Susan takes the opportunity <laughs> and opens fire. Hell yeah, so yeah, Susan? She, mm-hmm. Fire She's over. not messing around. <laughs> Susan shoots off a few rounds. Um, during the episode, she said she wasn't sure how many times she actually shot, um, mm-hmm. how many bullets she shot. And the man mm-hmm. jumps up and says, quote, the fucking bitch shot me. Kill her. <laughs> Oh! Oh! Holy sh! And now he's. Oh, I got.
1: Mm-hmm. Now he's mm-hmm. mad. Get out of my house!
2: Well, yeah. he does. Um, two of the bullets end up hitting the man, and he's kind of stumbling. Um, walks toward the front door, and he falls outside. So if he is outside. He has left the house. So now there's two intruders Kay. still in the house. She looks in the living room and notices that one of the intruders now has his gun aimed at Mike's side and he pulls the trigger. So Mike drops to the floor. He doesn't cry out or move. And at that moment, Susan thinks that she has just watched her husband die.
1: Mm-hmm. She Did you say his side. Do you mean the side of his head or his body?
2: Uh, his body. Sorry. His torso. Okay. Okay.
1: Your yeah. Still there, but okay.
2: Hmm. Okay. She aims um, her gun at the man that shot her husband, pulls the trigger, but the gun is out of bullets.
0: No, oh, I was scared of that. Me.
2: No. Yes. So Susan spins around yet again to run, and the gunman shoots her in the shoulder when she turns around, which this bullet does end up passing through Susan's chest and collapsing her right lung. So Ooh. now she's, I mean, she already has that shot in her um chest as well so both her and mike are very seriously injured um, from those close gunshot wounds so susan then runs back into the bedroom slamming the door behind her again she notices that has become pretty quiet in the living room so she doesn't hear any noise neither from um the two intruders still in the house or from her husband oh. so she's in the dark room she's praying for her and her husband questioning whether her husband is alive oh. but she knows she can't just go and check because since she doesn't hear anything she doesn't know where the gunmen are they could still be right. in the room right. in her house she also begins to take note of how much she is bleeding and she isn't sure if she's going to make it out alive so she's just oh contemplating God. all of this she's praying <coughs> couldn't i couldn't imagine this Harriet, and at guys what point no. is
1: this uplifting
2: we will get to it in <laughs> a moment. <laughs> oh
1: Lord, but at this oh moment,
2: Lord. so I'm watching this episode and I'm like, what the heck? This is crazy. Only 5 minutes have passed since Susan called 911. This is in the span of 5 minutes. I was just about
0: to ask, "When the fuck are the popo getting there?"
2: The, remember, Ooh. they do live 10 minutes away from town, so I guess they're more like okay. rural. So Okay,
0: okay. Take that okay. into
2: consideration. And, only I 5 that minutes. Reminder.
0: That's a lot and of fucking
2: shit happening in five minutes. Whoa. And besides um, the intruder that uh, Susan shot and has collapsed outside, another intruder actually fled in the group's getaway car. So now there's actually only one intruder left. Susan okay. doesn't really know this, though. Yeah, yeah. She isn't sure how many you know, of the men are still there. And after what must have felt like hours and hours of silence, Susan hears a man, um, one of the men, yell at Mike, where's the fucking keys to that truck? Susan realizes her husband is alive when she hears him answer the man, the keys are in my hat (gasps) in the bedroom on the gun (gasps) cabinet. The same bedroom that Susan is currently in. Fuck. Mm. So Mm. Susan knows that, you know, the man's coming in so she's trying to hide the man walks towards the bedroom door and before walking in he yells um, because he knows susan's in there and sa- and asks where are you the room is dark susan doesn't answer just in the small slight hope that maybe he might leave but instead he just turns the bedroom light on he finds susan pretty easily and raises his gun and puts it against her temple and also Susan can see the intruder's face since his mask is like on his head and it's not actually like over his face. So he must have like taken oh. part of it off, which I feel like when they do that and, you know, like if you're watching a movie or a TV show and you see like the attacker's face, that's never a good sign.
1: Nope. No. Now you can identify them.
2: Exactly. So it's she does use stage. that moment. Good for Susan because she does use that moment to like mentally jot down as many details as she can. About the man Mm -hmm. and what he looks like in just the hope that the police will get there soon and take care of it and be able to help her and Mike. While holding the gun to Susan's head, the intruder yells at her and asks if she has called 911. After Susan had hung up on the dispatcher the first time, apparently 911 kept on calling Susan's phone back over and over.
1: Which which I guess makes sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they have to check and make sure they're okay. So I guess the phone was going off a couple of times. The gunman probably heard it and just realized Susan probably did call the police. However, Susan tells the intruder that um, she didn't call 911 and tells him that, you know, he already shot them. Go ahead. Take the truck. Just leave. Yeah. Yeah. And... Before she can hand the man the keys, he just grabs them out of her hand and takes off running towards the truck. So he probably didn't know the police were coming. And at that point, he was just like, screw it. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And this part kind of made me squirm a bit because obviously he wanted to get out of there as quickly as he could. So he gets into their truck, takes off, and he ends up driving over the intruder that had collapsed in the yard.
1: <gasps> Well, you know, your I, friend
2: I yeah
0: oh my god uh, so i don't even I'm know where an accomplice,
2: an accomplice exactly <laughs> but i don't know where he was in the yard it was like 1 a.m at the time i guess so or close enough to 1 a.m so it's pretty dark so who knows but i heard that and i was like ooh, disgusting yeah, that's me.
1: gross that's so yeah. it's breaking into yeah. someone's house and shooting them you run over your accomplice i don't care <laughs>
2: After hearing the intruder speed off, Susan runs into the living room and finds her husband, Mike, on the ground, and he's unable to move. Susan hears her um, ringtone go off again and answers the phone, and it's a 911 dispatcher who tells, you know, make sure Susan is okay and that the police are on their way. And then she also okay. asks whether the intruders are still in the house. Susan does say no, but she tells... Um, the dispatcher, that her and Mike had been shot. Um, They're badly wounded. They both need aid as quickly as possible. The dispatcher told Susan for the time just to put a towel on Mike's wounds and then for her to lay on the couch and prop her feet up. And they said this was so she wouldn't go into shock from her wounds. Okay. Um, And then Susan, during the interview and during the episode, was saying she was having a hard time breathing at that point and was really starting to notice. Fuck. How You know, again, how much she was bleeding and how much she really was hurt. But again, that adrenaline, she probably didn't notice it um, right away. Yeah. So at this point now, 10 minutes have passed since Susan called 911. So she's literally sitting on the couch, bleeding out, again, contemplating whether she's going to die, whether her husband's going to die. And then she starts seeing flashing blue lights reflecting off her windows. Mm -hmm. So Susan jumps up. So Susan jumps up, runs to the door, and screams, you know, at the officer to help her, to help her husband. The officer gets out of the car and asks if any intruders are still in the home. Again, she says no, they're all gone. The officer heads towards Susan. And again, I guess because it's so dark outside, both of them don't notice. The officer almost trips over the guy in the Ooh, front yard.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Yes. So, ugh. Ew. And Susan had no idea. I- susan had no idea <laughs> that he was even still there she assumed they all got the heck out of there right.
1: yeah um and to be fair she has to look like a mess like i mean not in a bad way but like, think how much blood is on her like yeah, i understand why you're not looking at anything else
2: mm-mm. No. no no
1: no i don't like it
2: mm-hmm Paramedics thankfully arrive soon after the officer pulls up, and Susan and Mike um, are taken to the hospital, also along with the gunmen. Thankfully, paramedics got there when they did because, like I said, Mike's and Susan's injuries were life threatening. Mm-hmm. After being mm-hmm. treated, Susan wanted to talk to the gunmen. She was just curious why the men broke into her house, why they did what they did. She just wanted answers, so okay. I could okay. so that made sense to me um susan wouldn't find out though until four hours later that the gunman 22 year old raymond waters was actually dead oh so he yes he had died um on her front lawn and something i thought was interesting was just like a little part of the episode um susan was briefly like contemplating and going over why the intruder um that collapsed in the yard was run run over Mm. Dependent, debating on whether it was like, was this on purpose? Was it an accident? Um so they thought, and police thought there was a chance that the gunman that took the truck realized that maybe the guy was hurt and he was still alive. And he wanted to make sure that the guy wouldn't be able to talk if he mm. ended up surviving. So they thought that maybe he ran him over before he left to kind of like on shut purpose. him up, yeah, yeah, I
1: think when you said even the cops didn't see him in the yard. Because I know they don't live in town, but they have a driveway. So I don't know why you'd just be, you know what I'm saying, just peeling all out, wasting time in the yard.
2: Yeah. Again, I don't know where he was in the yard, though. I don't know where he collapsed. It didn't describe it that well. Um, Or it could have just been an accident, like Susan had described. It seemed like the guy knew that she had called 911 and he wanted to peel out of there. Maybe it was really dark. I don't know how well lit it was. And he just... Flew, you know, flew down the road, peeled out, and just ended up running him over. Susan's going to
1: come home to this.
2: It didn't really mention that. I was going to ask, where the hell's their kid? That's maybe he stayed out later than they decided. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't really mention when he came home um, mm-hmm. on the episode.
1: Parents. Sometimes it's good when your kids are late for curfew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that rare, rare occasion. <laughs> Hey. Yes, so whether it was on purpose, whether it was an accident, no one really knows. Susan thinks it was more of just an accident, and the, she thought the guy just really wanted to get out of there. An autopsy was later conducted on the gunman, which confirmed that the bullet Susan fired off was what killed him, um so not being run over and Susan was very very upset about it well, yeah, um it just with I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with her beliefs, too, but also that, like, she knows she did it in self-defense. And in the episode, in the er interview, she was talking about how a lot of people have been like, well, you didn't in self-defense. And she's like, yes, I understand that. But I also have to live with the fact that I shot him and I killed him. And this man has a child. And what if this child one day comes up to me and asks me why I did this? And then I have to be honest with that kid. You know, she's she took a life and that's something that I think shouldn't be taken very lightly, even though that guy did something, you know, horrible to her. And she did do it in self-defense. That's still something she has to live with. So that kind of, I don't know, it was very sad watching that and how much it obviously affected her.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, regardless of why it's still like a heavy weight to carry, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yep.
2: Exactly. Um, And it definitely seems like it's still, you know, affects her to this day. After Susan and Mike were treated, they both gave police descriptions of the three intruders, um, Mm -hmm. descriptions as best as they could. The police immediately began to search for them. Within an hour, they found Mike and Susan's truck less than three miles from their home. Um, It was empty. There wasn't anything in it. They didn't find any DNA or fingerprints on the truck or in Susan's home since the men... So the men had actually done this quite a bit before had done a couple home invasions so they wore gloves they were pretty prepared this wasn't their first rodeo oh and if it's good to know yeah how nice if it hadn't been for mike and susan's um description of the um intruder who had his mask um who didn't have his mask on Mm -hmm. and their ability to pick him up out of a photo lineup the police wouldn't have had much to go on at all so one of the intruders was Robert Walls, and that was the one who left the truck. He um, ex- left with their truck, gotcha, who gotcha. happened to be on the run for 12 weeks. So he escaped Whoa. police custody for quite a bit. He was, mm-hmm, he was finally caught near Orlando when a nurse who had treated his injured shoulder recognized his picture on the news and yes. um, called the police. Walls was 22 years old and had prior convictions for drugs, weapons, other uh, weapons violations, burglaries, and thefts. He had recently completed a prison term for car theft, and with other like gangs and other groups he had been in, he may have been responsible for as many as 70 home invasions in two or three Whoa. counties. I'm sure you Again, said seven zero. Miss- yes, 70, Whoa. Seven zero home invasions.
1: Where does he Same. find the time? Whoa. and he's only
2: 22 that's sad uh that's yeah. so sad
0: what a bad life for you oh
2: man oh yeah so- i don't know their reasons but anyways he was <sighs> caught walls was convicted of second degree felony murder because florida law allows someone who was committing a felony during which someone else is killed to be charged with their murder um And he was also convicted of two counts of attempted first-degree murder against Susan and Mike, armed robbery, and armed burglary. So he was sentenced to five, five, excuse me, life terms, full life terms, and is required to serve 100% of his sentence. So he is not getting out of jail. No parole for you, boy. Wait
1: a second. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so the guy that got caught... He's one of the three, right? Yes. But he is being charged with the murder of the guy from the front lawn. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even though he didn't do it, but because he was part of this.
2: Yep. wow. It said, Florida law, and I don't know if it's still the same, allows someone who is committing a felony during which someone else is killed to be charged with their murder. Yeah. Wow.
0: Okay, that's Florida. Heavy. Oh, that's that's okay. wow. And they now, put and like also in.
2: They got him for a lot. That,
0: <laughs> yeah, and in that turn, I mean, Susan now has to live with that. Also, that's what like, i
1: thinking. And Florida is a stand like, like, your ground ew. state, isn't it?
0: Say
2: that again, sarah
1: Florida is a stand your ground state. Does that sound correct?
2: I mean, it's Florida, so yeah. It, I, think I feel like them. it is. I think there. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I don't think she would have gotten that Great. much trouble anyway, if I'm being honest with you. No. Yeah. yeah well, it
2: does say. Same, yeah. She gets to live with it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, um, yeah, I did mention the episodes and in the article I read that she used to not be, you know, a pro-gun type of person, but now she is because of that incident. So, yeah, um, it. yeah. So whenever she gets the chance, she kind of, you know, talks about her story and how that um just helped her in that situation, being able to use that gun that was there. Um, The getaway driver from the night, so the guy who left and took the car, the getaway driver was found to be Louis Wright, who received a five-year sentence for armed robbery. And then during the episode, it said that he only served three and a half years in jail. So I guess he got out early for Mm. whatever reason, parole, good behavior. I don't really know, but... Is this because
1: he left before... The guy was killed.
2: I don't know. He it didn't f- I mean, explain much.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate, but how is it fair that one guy in this <laughs> felony is charged with the murder, but the other one does not? Right.
2: I don't know, Sarah. God Life damn it, Florida. God damn it, Florida.
1: <laughs> Mom and dad, are you happy you moved there? You <laughs> It's not safe.
2: <laughs> Isn't there a lot of crime that happens in Florida? Like girl, that- it's a
0: joke. Yes, like if you like there's like that whole thing where it's like if you type in like Florida man and then like the day of like your birthday, it'll like any day, it'll come up with an article of like Florida man gets, you know, accused of like stripping an alligator of its flesh and eating it in public. Like crazy uh-huh. crazy ass shit. Did you do
2: the one did you do the same one but you had to put in like alligator? Like Florida yeah. man alligator? <laughs> Yep, and your birthday. No. Mine was Florida man throws an alligator into a drive-thru. Like, into oh, some, like, not a McDonald's one, but some drive-thru. Oh, I what? died. <laughs> no. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Sarah, you oh, have to yeah. do it now. Okay. We'll take I a break will. so you can look yours up <laughs> later.
1: I will. I'm
2: just going <laughs> to finish so my mom and say nothing else. Like,
1: are you, like, please? They just started locking down for the virus, by the way.
2: Yes, they did. It's what? ridiculous. Just now. Yeah.
1: Damn. And I was like, oh, okay. the spring breakers.
0: And
2: I was like, no, Mom, I don't think
0: that's exactly what happened. No. Mm-mm. Okay. okay. No. Continue.
2: Continue. <laughs> so after being treated, after the incident, um, Susan suffered from very severe trauma. She talked about how difficult it was for her to walk even just through her front door. Um, like, when they got back, the damage was all still there. So yeah. she could see... Everything that had been done to her house, she could see the blood that was there, the bullet holes all around her house. They didn't Um, send in a crew to take care of that? I don't know how that works.
0: I mean, usually like when there's like a big, like from what I've seen on, maybe it's state law too, but there are people who like it's specific. I guess it's more if someone dies unexpectedly in your home, but like there are crews who go in and will take everything out. Like mm-hmm. if someone passes I don't away know if in their bed, was... they take it all.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if it was just because they had that. I mean, they did have a trial later on, and it was a yeah. case, so I don't know if they had to just take
0: like leave it the Ooh. evidence
2: and then leave it. Um, I mean, they it said that the police did go in and like I guess take some of the bullets or whatever, but there were still the bullet holes. Um, things in her house have been blown to pieces. Like there were holes in her microwave. There were holes in her freezer, her oh. refrigerator. And then she even said that, yeah, she even said she found bullets in her freezer months later that, so there were, like, holes in her freezer, (sighs) but I guess the police didn't find, like, all of the bullets. And I'm like, what a horrible reminder just months later to open it up and be like, wow. Just, ugh. Because, you know, I
1: deserve this bowl of ice cream. It's been a long day. And then you find the reminder. No. Okay. No.
2: As if she doesn't think about it enough every day.
0: Like, okay. Yeah.
2: She also had a lot of trouble sleeping, and then in an article I found um, back in 2001, it said that she actually received some death threats, and I think it was during the time that the um, trial was happening for those gunmen, and she believes it was from some of the men's buddies, like other um, people who did the home invasions with them. It seemed like maybe they did it in, like, certain, you know, gangs or in groups every now and then. Oh, yeah. So, like, three of them would go... Two of the guys would go in, um, and then there'd be a getaway driver. So they're making a, a business lookout. out of this. Damn. Yeah. It definitely seemed like that Robert Walls guy um, was the one who did it quite a bit. So he seemed like he knew what he was doing and the other guys too. But it's crazy how young they were. Right. Um,
0: yeah. And then,
2: yeah, it's, yeah, it was sad, but both her and Mike survived. Um, like I said, she is a pretty, um, big advocate, uh, pro-gun advocate. So she does talk about her story. And she believes she survived that home invasion, so she can tell her story to other people in the hopes that someone else, as scared as she was at that time, um, could and would act and react the way she did in order to save their own life. And yes, so that is the I survived story of Susan Gonzalez. And that was from season two, episode 15. So I did find it on YouTube. If any of you guys want to watch it later on, it was, she's a badass. So go Susan. Very good, quick, you know, thinking. I don't know if I would be able to do that in that that kind of a situation.
0: That was uplifting, but also very heavy. Wow.
2: It is very heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It was not that your stories normally aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, there is, they don't tend to be full of rainbows and sunshine but <laughs> oh damn <laughs> i thought it was a little bit more of an uplifting yeah. story and yeah. i not just one. died
0: died died we actually have some survivors this time well,
1: I think it's cool yeah, yeah she definitely fought them off like her husband fought them off like they didn't just yeah accept their fate which is cool
2: yeah yes go mike yeah. go susan seems love like they're doing it. well today so me love you to your it
1: anniversary party i will go yeah really go? <laughs>
2: Yes. So, yeah, that is my story. And I guess, Sarah, you're next. So, yes,
1: ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, it's day. What is it? Day 45 of being inside. That's on right. Day
0: 769. I have no <laughs> idea what day it is. So, <laughs> what is, <it> is. time?
1: <laughs> okay. So, I look over at Clavin. He's got his gaming headphones on looking interesting. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, look at this sexy man. And then in the same breath, I was like, oh, is this Stockholm Syndrome? I've <gasps> been trapped in here for so long. <laughs> just like Carol Baskin's husband. He's letting her leash him because he's like, I've been trapped in here for so long. This feels right. Oop, so I just got chills it. when you said that. That freaking leash.
0: Let's, let's talk it. about
1: Stockholm Syndrome. Oh.
2: Woo! I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, you guys have brought up a couple it. times. And I was like, with us all being stuck in here, it feels right.
2: And also...
1: Well, well, get into it. But just really quick, I used a couple sources, including Stuff You Should Know podcast, Cora.com, Britannica.com, TheLineUp.com, and EpainAssist.com, which I don't like the title, but that's what we used. Okay. Let us dive in. So just so you guys know, Stockholm Syndrome is when a victim feels empathy and somewhat identifies with their captor. And most people think it happens in a kidnapping situation, which it does, but it also applies to any relationship where there's a power imbalance. So abuse victims at the hands of their partner. Yeah. Abuse children, prisoners of war, cult members, or incest victims. Yes. And then this does not happen in every situation above. It really only occurs in about 8% of people. You said 8? Yeah. Hmm. 08. Okay. Okay. So it's very, very low that this happens, but it does. And I had this in my notes later, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Psychologists, they agree that it happens and they agree that there's a list of qualifiers, but they don't know why it only happens to these 8% of people. That's to be determined. Okay. Like, people have ideas fair. and like theories and stuff, but they don't know exactly why, which I thought was interesting and a little scary.
0: It's uh, mm-hmm. to, to me, I don't mean to cut you off, Sarah. It's. I feel like it's something that you learn about in psychology class. It's something that, like, everybody, like, kind of goes, oh, you know, that thing, like, well, and, like, like, it gets brought up in, like, conversations about kidnappings Mm. and stuff. Yes. I just think I was, I'm actually a little surprised by the 8%. They make it sound like it's everybody. Yes, I am, too. Yeah,
1: that that makes sense. sense. I mean, because it is, it is so odd. (sighs) Yes. I mean, it could be a little higher whenever you consider, like, the domestic violence is considered in it, too. But just, I guess, when you think of like kidnappings and the really intense ones, it's about 8%. So Stockholm Syndrome, it also can be called terror bonding, like terror bonding, because it happens in times of extreme stress and fear or trauma bonding. And I only heard that Mm. on Stuff You Should Know podcast. I couldn't find that anywhere else, but I still think that makes sense. So we're going to use it.
0: Yeah, it's actually good. I like that. I like that term. Yeah, to
1: me, it's better than Stockholm. But anyway. Yeah. We're gonna keep calling it Stockholm. That's what everyone knows. It gets its name <laughs> from a failed robbery in. You guys want to guess where? Mm, mm, mm. Stockholm. No, and Helsinki. Just kidding. No, it's in Stockholm. <laughs> in- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my face is like, what? You made me.
0: You made me look dumb. <laughs> but I'm not. Yay. <laughs> in um,
2: yes,
1: in Stockholm, Sweden in 1973. That's when it got its name. And basically, four robbers. Oh. held I'm sorry robbers held four employees for six days at a bank and when police tried to intervene one of the tellers that was being held hostage called the police and said they trusted the host or they trusted their captors fully but feared they would die in the police assault on the building and then after the release of the hostages none of the victims agreed to testify against their captors whoa Yes, so this last bit is really important because it shows the effects of Stockholm syndrome even after the victim has left or been freed by the captor. yeah, so yes, it does not stop whenever you're in a situation that continues, which I thought was so interesting. Whoa. Like it's not just like a life preservation like yeah, I totally uh yeah, I believe in him, mhm, you can't like
0: it does it's not a switch,
1: no, like you for some reason, wow. like they get in it, yes. And to even oh. be classified as Stockholm Syndrome, the following things have to occur. So the hostage-slash-victim has to develop positive feelings toward their captor. The hostage-slash-victim has to develop negative feelings towards police. The captor and hostage does not have to have any previous relationship. And also the hostage-slash-victim believes like in the humanity of their captor. Hmm. So basically you think okay. the person holding you, like, you, that's how you start to identify with them. that makes sense? Yes.
2: yes. Yeah, I'm just well. I don't like it, but yeah, <laughs> I guess I understand, than you thought,
1: isn't it? Oh yeah. So because they see positives in their kidnappers or, or abusers, whatever, victims of Stockholm syndrome, they'll resist rescue. They'll defend the kidnappers, and like I said, they'll refuse to testify against them. And I'm not going to go too far into this because just this blanket statement, but because this is going to be another episode. But it's said to share a lot of traits with brainwashing. Hmm. Yeah. Not sure. So, kind of just yes. You just it's weird. It's very weird. So, there's a really great example of this, and it's not just the Stockholm case. It is the case of Mary McElroy. Are you guys familiar with that at all? I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know. I wasn't, didn't but wait, Aaron. It's didn't you do? Six. Didn't you do a O-Rech-Nick true crime episode about someone with that last name?
2: McElroy. Hmm. Oh man. All
0: right. I was like, wait a minute. All right. No pooh pooh boo! No, I I don't know. I think maybe like once you start to say it, I will. But I don't yeah, like, maybe. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, about it was one moment. of the
1: like top six most popular ones, but I'd never heard of it, so I thought maybe someone else did. But here we go. In 1933, right. Mary McElroy was abducted by four men, and they took her to a farmhouse where they chained her to a wall in the basement. Uh, Does this not sound like the beginning of a saw movie? Because I yeah. would be terrified. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, and they did that. So the men demanded $60,000 in ransom from Mary's father, who was a Kansas City manager, which they didn't say of what, but apparently had a lot of Ooh. money. And okay. this amount was settled for 30000 which I didn't know you could do uh, that. I didn't know you could do like, I didn't know you could Ooh, So they were going back and, and forth.
2: Yeah, like bartering <laughs> over how much she's worth. Give us $50,000. Mm, make it 30000 and you got a deal. <laughs>
0: like, how I about I give you a 1000 and then you can keep her.
2: <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell, Dad?
1: Yeah. Anyway, so uh, he settled and they he paid 30000 dollars Um, which two days later. So she was only abducted for like 29 hours, they said. Like it wasn't that hmm. long. Um, maybe it's 39, but still, it was under two days. So her abduction ransom was paid and Mary was returned. So it only took about a month for them to find three of these four abductors, and they all received really harsh sentences. And Mary publicly was riddled with guilt. She even asked the governor to reverse the sentences. What? Which obviously he did not do. But throughout oh. their imprisonment, Mary stayed close to her captor. She visited them in prison. She brought them gifts. Yes. Yes, 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 Ugh, yes That's so yes, fast. And this is really dark guys, but Mary committed suicide in nineteen forty, and her note read, My four kidnappers are probably the only people on earth who don't consider me an utter fool.
2: Did she know any of the guys before that kidnapped, her? kidnapped her? Nope. What? That's crazy. That ha- I
0: can't get over that she was like so. you reiterated it, like less than two days. And what?
1: how old
2: was she? I'm sorry. Did you say how old she was?
1: I did not. I don't know. I'll let you know. She's she a boy enough. Like she was like a teenager,
2: early twenties. She wasn't a child. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious.
0: Sheesh yes. I'm Ugh, oh, I like I, I don't even think I know would know someone well enough in two days even if it was like a choice to be hanging out with them for that, that short amount of time and like talk mm-hmm. the entire time. Let alone Well like, she
1: said they were nice to her. They gave her flowers.
2: But still. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> on, love is, on Love is Blind, it took two people four days to get married. Uh, so I oh guess anything's God. possible. I don't know. I'm yes. going to bring that full circle. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> right on the back. So, you know, what would have to happen with you guys to decide with your captor? You know?
2: I hope you you that would never happen. I mean, if they gave me like a million dollars, maybe I'd be like, okay, maybe we'll be buddies, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like a little orc I... situation. <laughs>
2: I, <laughs> I don't know
0: one single flower no I'm just kidding um uh, I mean yeah I. that's a hard question because I don't know like the circumstances of why I'm kidnapped mm-hmm. but I mean if they just kidnapped me and didn't hurt me I don't think I'd want like them to like die for that just as like mm-hmm. a humane perspective but right. like right I could I can't I can't imagine my brain being like oh no they're okay like they're fine I trust them I
2: can't. So especially complete strangers too. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't wrap my head around it.
0: Yeah. Okay, don't get me so. wrong. I'd definitely be the person that's like, oh no, I really trust you. Oh, I'm so glad we're yes, friends. And the yes, second yes. I'm out, I'm like
1: this mother trucker. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so more of like a survival thing, you think? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I think that's what most people do. But so according to epainassist.com, any of these reasons are what have been, um, claimed by victims to be reasons for the Stockholm syndrome so if the captor keeps them alive as a kindness or shows them any kind of kindness so just like with Mary if the flowers um if the kidnapper treats the hostage sympathetically and the victim is provided with a good environment and this is usually because we expect kidnappers to treat people harshly so when they don't it creates a sense of empathy and like oh you must be a different kind of kidnapper like oh I must not understand that hurt,
0: hurts my stomach <laughs>
1: like literally (laughs) um if the victim is isolated from the external world which means the only way this victim is gaining information is through the kidnappers views and world well views of the world yeah which this is what happens a lot whenever children are abducted and held for a long time like i almost put in the example of um the sean hornback case
2: because that's yep yep kind Mm -hmm. of an example
1: um anyone not from st louis I think it was in 2002. Sean Hornbeck was abducted when he was 11.
2: That was and, a big one.
1: Yes. And he was held for a long time. And then four years later, Ben Ownby goes missing. And they were both found at this terrible... His last name's Devil, In Kirkwood.
0: In a Devil, Kirkwood apartment. Michael mm-hmm. Devlin.
1: Devlin. Yeah. house.
0: You ready for some fun facts? He delivered pizza to my house once.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He worked for a Domino's or a Pizza Hut. Emo's. Emo's.
0: Wow. And actually, I know uh, Sean Hornbeck's aunt very well. She's a good friend of my mom's.
1: But yeah, like they even said, like, he was allowed to go out shopping on his own. He had a girlfriend. He had access to the internet after a while. And they kind of cite this as a... So I guess I'm going to talk about it anyway. They cite it as uh, Stockholm Syndrome just because he was allowed to do all these things, but he still remained loyal to Devon. Like, he was never going to go to the police. And he said it because he was so scared. Like, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. there was so much... Pressures and like yeah. Yep. So yep. Yes. You give no access to the outside world in the beginning and you become solely reliant on this one person.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, especially when you're innocent like that, you i feel like like when you're a kid, you trust your parents. So it's mm-hmm. like it's an adult, I gotta trust them. Like Ugh. Well, so I don't creepy. remember the name
1: of the person, but there was a girl who was abducted when she was young and she was with this person for like ten years. And it wasn't locks in the windows, but he told her and convinced her they were all booby trapped. Like, she couldn't get out oh. because she was so young, and she believed Aww. it, and she was terrified. Yeah. She did get away eventually, but. Good. Anyway, some more things that yeah. contribute to this is some victims develop a habit of trying to please their kidnappers, and this usually occurs in women, and not just because women are nice. They, they don't really know why, but basically you can see that it's better to make your captor happy than to have him angry or her angry just because it makes your life better. It's kind of like a survival thing, but then over time this becomes a habit and you start yeah. going out of your way to make them happy, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when a victim is complete, completely dependent upon their captors, this is back to the Sean Hornback thing. I mean, more so than life and death, but for food, water, sleep, roof over your head, these victims, they start to feel helpless. But they have no other option than just be fully reliant. Yeah. And the last one, I didn't find this anywhere yet again, but from the Stuff You Should Know podcast, and they brought up that the human need for connection is super strong. So if you are dependent on one person that's the only person you see, it makes sense that you would become attached to them just out of that psychological need.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, depending on that person's or that child's or however old they are, their home life, and then if this person is being nice to them and say, telling them the things they want to hear, yes. I- I, yeah, I guess that happens. Oh, it's just so weird. Yes, yeah, and they can oh. you know
1: twist things. Um, and most of the ones I've been studied would be the abduction cases or the hostage ones, mm-hmm. which both would be very fearful, very tense. Like it makes sense why your brain can't figure out what to do, and I might just go ahead and latch on. Like, okay, this is our reality. This is what we're doing. This
0: is your brain goes into survival mode. Like, yes, it's it's so weird. It's just like just like to bring it back. I always do this. Like Aaron said, like. Would you guys hang up on the nine one one operator? Like you don't know until you're in mm-hmm. that moment yeah. like what's gonna happen. Like, I mean, shoot, someone could have all the pff, if they're like looking into the traits of having Stockholm syndrome, like someone could have all those traits and then like do one thing that changes the course. So
2: mm-hmm. ugh, it's easy freaky. to talk about it and think what you would do in this situation yes. but then when you're in it, it's completely different. So
1: over time you kind of become hopeless, you know what I'm saying? Like this you we accept our reality so quickly
2: yep yeah but Damn. even like the
1: case of the girl who said on um, the windows were booby trapped or whatever she did see an opportunity to leave and she did eventually. but she still stayed close to her captor
0: yeah there's yeah, she, one uh, I
1: think he killed himself and she felt really bad about it.
0: there was so a story t- I don't uh oh, I'm sorry there was a story about the um some girl in like Austria or something was kidnapped and she was kidnapped for like over 10 years and the captor would you know like they basically had like i think he thought that he had control over her and she mm-hmm. like played into it and then finally she said i never had a moment to escape the whole time i was there except the one time she did he trusted her um to do her chores and he went into the bathroom and she was vacuuming mm-hmm. so she left the vacuum running and ran
1: this is the same one i was talking about
0: with okay videos. this I'll, is what happened oh, it sounded nice. like it yeah yeah and so she like that's and then yeah, he killed himself when, but before the police could get there. But it, yes. I, I that's, I heard that story when I was young, and it stuck with me so hard. Like God, what a survive, like,
1: yes. wild, just wild. Yeah, so and that's, actually that's a good point too. Not to talk over you, Aaron, but Stockholm no, syndrome isn't good. black and white. Like you can still have feelings for this person, but escape. You know, you don't have to always stay with them. Like, I don't know. It's it's just as complex as anything else with our human minds. Like it is. Yeah. No one at home can see me making these gestures with my <laughs> hand, but it's, it's sticky. It's very, it's hard. Yeah. You're it's, a, it's a it's a
0: hand talking kind of subject. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Especially the amount of time that we have. Um, so once someone is out of these situations, the best way to help them cope and to break the mental ailment of Stockholm Syndrome is to seek medical counseling by psychiatrists. And also to have love and support from family members and friends. So patience is the best thing we can give to these sufferers. They're not going to just snap out of it overnight. Um, Yeah, just always give them patience and love and caring. Which, patience is also something you can give to everyone. Um, We never know what someone is suffering with. So always be good to yourselves and be good to those around you. Especially because right now everyone is stuck inside. And we Mm -hmm. need love and attention and caring um, so yes, stay inside, be nice to everyone and oh, I am not suffering from Stockholm syndrome. I just have a very attractive fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for closing that
0: perfectly, girl. Yes.
1: So lift it up a little at the end because as I was researching this, I was like, Oh my god, I I don't know if we glossed over it in school or if I just purposely forgot about it. I don't remember being this dark, but it is. So
2: it is pretty dark. Yuck. But it was very interesting. Yeah, Thanks for sharing not, that.
1: You're welcome. It's not what you think. So, But you can snap out of it. You can be helped. It doesn't occur in everyone. Situations happen, and it sounds terrible, but love
0: everyone.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeesh. Not your captors, but everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not true, true, true. <laughs> yes. So that is my my bit. Hope you all feel spooked this morning. Uh, Morgan, are you ready? Yes, girl. Handing it
0: off. Happily handing off the We are done. <laughs> 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 All right, ladies. So for today, my topic is sage. Since um, yay. Yay. the last episode we recorded, we had hella... Hello, recording difficulties. We like to say it was because we needed to update our computers. However, I still saged because uh, Sarah said a demon's name like 700 times. So when she was referring to the Sims.
1: Okay, that's not my fault that the Sims whenever. Okay, okay. Let's back it up. On your phone, I play Sims Free Play because I'm cheap. And whenever my (laughs) Sims are doing one of their tasks, like when they're done, my phone will update and it's can I say it? Are you okay? Yeah. Again? Yeah.
0: Just okay. once. Yeah. So
1: you got like a z- z- and then it goes Zuzu, which apparently yeah. is a demon. So thank yeah. you Sims for haunting us. I <laughs> have not stopped playing you, but I did silent. <laughs> <you on laughs> <private.
0: laughs> <laughs> so I saged or burned a little bit of sage to help aid in our, any chance that that demon was anywhere near me or us or whatever affecting our recording. So I yes. think we have it all figured out technologically wise. Um, so, but I wanted to talk about Sage this week because I feel like we joke and like everybody on other podcasts I listen to, they're like, "Oh, Sage it out. And it's like, okay, but like, let's learn some details. So here yeah. we go. So I did, I actually did learn some stuff. Um, I cool. thought I was doing staging, perfectly normal, which I think if you have the best intent at heart, then it doesn't really um, matter too, too much. But there are some steps in here that I think were um, good to learn about. So, But first, we will talk about the uh, tradition of where it got started. So burning stage or smudging is a tradition that has been around uh, for thousands of years um, on the site spiritualsense.com. sense like the smell. In a way, it's it was like for indigenous Americans, um, a form of incense use, uh, when you perform smudging as a ritual, you are plugging into an ancient powerful line of spiritual tradition. So I quoted that cause it was very well worded. Mm-hmm. Um, Also on this site, smoke uh, is often used to drive off insects and prevent disease. So back in the day when Native Americans were using it, not only was it a spiritual connection, but literally to live a healthier life. So fighting off insects and keeping them away. That's why a lot of people like burn citronella and burn have bonfires. You don't see any mosquitoes because they run away. Fly away. (laughs) They run away. I'm dead.
1: (laughs) They run
0: away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then the thing that I really resonated with this on the site is it says smoke is also deeply symbolic. It ascends to heaven, taking prayers and good intentions with it. So that is the whole point of whenever you are, you know, saging or smudging yourself or your home, you have to have a good intention behind it. So back in the traditional sense of it was, you know, you you sage and smudge an area and you're having all these good, positive intentions and it rises to the heavens, which is where they're gods or God. Like person was. Mm -hmm. Um, So for those of you who don't know like visually what sage is, obviously it's like a leafy green herb. You can see it in any grocery store, but the ones that are used for saging and smudging are usually dried and wrapped with other herbs today Mm -hmm. and colorful string. But back in the day, herbs and other things like that were used and they were placed in a bowl and they were burned in this bowl or they were placed on inside a bowl on coals in a fire so that was kind of how especially back in when Native Americans used it it was like to get a whole area or your whole hut so they'd like light that big bowl oh. and it'd go up
1: now so it's they it's not like a stick it was more like a candle type thing
0: yes it was more like an incense bowl um okay. basically like okay. your bowl of potpourri psh, light it up <laughs> so but now the sm- <laughs> like the smudging sticks are used for convenience literally so sense. it's also easier to travel so if you're using if you're staging or smudging like your whole house like mm-hmm. it's a lot easier than carrying around a hot bowl <laughs> around your house yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so again, like I said, the sage sticks are used for convenience, and it is composed of bundles of dried herbs, sage, and typically sweetgrass. Okay. So uh, the sage is what drives away negative energies and influence. That's why you hear it. So like, yeah, smudging is the same as saging, but saging is kind of like the broader term because sage is what drives that negative energy and negative influence out. So. They say that they paired the sage with sweetgrass because sweetgrass is supposed to bring in positive energy. So basically they work hand in hand. So your sage is like, no, bitch, get out. And your sweet grass is like, yes, bring in that positivity. That's how grass sounds in case you were wondering.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You did say you were talking to your plants last week. So. Oh my God. I'm dead. (laughs) I did say that. We're here
1: to talk about you. Okay. It's an intervention. We are scared.
2: We need to talk.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's fine. Are you okay? I'm (laughs) okay. I'm okay. I haven't bought any new plants,
0: so
2: I'm doing better. <laughs> Blink twice if your plants are keeping you hostage right now.
1: <laughs> oh, no. i <I'm> blinking. <laughs> oh, my God. Blink three times if you have Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, my it's God. It's from my plants. <laughs> it's from my
0: plants. All my sage sticks are coming after me.
1: You are identifying <laughs> with them.
0: Yeah, it's true. I, I do resonate. I feel bad for my plant. One of my plants, actually, I'm glancing over in my office and it's, it's looking a little sad. So I will water that baby after this. <laughs> <sighs> okay um there i looked i looked on like three different sites <laughs> so uh one of my favorite sites that i did find is called well and good so i have i'll, I'll link we'll put all these links in the description because um, mm-hmm. some of them i there's a lot to read um so put those there so you can look up for your leisure um i'm just gonna quote this because it was again very well written mm-hmm. uh cultures around the world have believed that a person's energy is like perfume Once you come in contact with someone else's vibes, good or bad, they tend to linger for a while. I really, really liked that. And I personally resonate with that. Mm -hmm. I am someone who I'm a very positive person. I try my best to be peppy and happy all the time. But if I'm around someone who's negative, I feel nasty. Like I feel like drained. I don't like it. So it's I thought I I thought that was a perfect quote. Yeah, I when I'm around people who I enjoy their company, I feel like this is most people. But when I, I can't fake it. I try my best, but like if you're negative, it affects me personally so much. And I hate that, but yeah. So, the well and good site, I got it. it. I was feeling it. <clears throat> Makes you feel well and good? Makes me feel well and good. So, and I also like this quote, the best time to sage whenever you want. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like a lot of people say that they sage when there's a change in their life, either negative or positive. Basically, I boiled it down to if you have a new job, you have a baby, you get a new pet, you do spring cleaning and you're moving a lot of things in your home, you know, Mm -hmm. organizing stuff. Basically, anything that kind of like shifts your energy field, changes your positive or negative energies within you. Sage it out, man. Just go for it. And let's see. Oh, I like I said, I think I thought I was saging like a boss. Really, I was saging like an amateur and I'm a little disappointed (laughs) in myself, but (laughs) I I did. I did have a couple good things. They said that it's important when you're using sage sticks that you have something to kind of like damp to put it out with. You know, you like squish Mm -hmm. it in and put Mm -hmm. on all the embers. I was classy, and I used a seashell, which they said you could use. They also said an ashtray or something like that. And I was like, no, I have my seashell. It's classy. So I was one step ahead
1: there. However. I didn't know that was out of preference. I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Like, I saw you with a seashell, and I was like, wow, that's cool. Like, air signs, water, honor. I mean. I just, I took it to step and was like, oh, I'm sense."
0: I mean, I am really cool and uh, try my best to be an amateur witch, uh, but, <laughs>
2: okay, <laughs> you know,
0: okay. I, I had it and I was like, oh, that's cool. I've seen other people use a shell. I'm going to do that. So actually, oh, Loki, it was from cool. my dad's house and I took it. Anyway, so <gasps> <laughs> he was giving me some shells and I was like, oh, this one. And he didn't know I took it. So here we are. Um, so <laughs> I keep glancing over and like looking at my sage like it's going to fucking talk to me. Like what? <laughs> I keep looking over at my shelf. I'm more concerned. Yes. (sighs) I'm here. It's fine. Anyways, so baby steps to kind of, I know this is a very quick one. And if you have questions, email it in. I I sage on the semi regular at my own home, but Mm -hmm. here are uh, the first basic steps to smudging or saging. So here we go. This was on the well and good side as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So burn a candle. Any candle and set intention. So, that if you don't know what that means, basically, like if you are staging for, you know, you just have a bad feeling in your house, like think about it, set that good positive vibe and intention that you are bringing positivity into your house. So, keep thinking that, have good thoughts, positive vibes. Um, And then you will take your sage stick and use the candle to light it. See, I was being a little ghetto and using a lighter so you know things we learn. (laughs) so once you get a good burn on yeah once you get a good burn on the sage stick uh you will gently blow it out so that the embers still glow Uh, then use both hands and bring the smoke to your heart over your head and down the front and back so obviously you can't Like reach your back, but it's not about the actual stage stick. It is about the smoke. So you're kind of bringing it around your body. Again, thinking positive. Thinking you have to be willing to kind of be calm, relax, think positive thoughts. If you're like tense, it's probably not going to work. And then honestly, from there, once you've kind of cleansed yourself and feel good about your intentions, you get quote get your smudge on so you can go to your <laughs> house um it's kind of again you ha- <laughs> yeah. get your that smudge is, on is that a missy elliott song <laughs> get your smudge on get your smudge
1: on get your smudge be. on, get your smudge out yes girl all right we're making a tiktok <laughs> and that is gonna be our first hit <gasps> just smoke we're everywhere in track suits holding oh. stage sticks can it say up. like
0: can it I say like forgot. sinister across our butts, like Juicy used to do? <gasps> sinister on
2: our
0: butts. <gasps> oh! <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. Oh my I god! I can't <laughs> wait till we can all record together again.
0: Tracksuits like uh, cheat like the Cheetah Girls. How they're all different colors, <gasps> but they were yes! still similar. We
2: yes.
1: Because we are.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: We stand together. Stand together.
0: We have makeup. We want up one of Sinister stuff. family, but yeah. we yeah. don't look the same. Look the yeah. Same. <laughs> oh, love our it. Our plots are
1: different different stories oh my god, oh my god.
0: sarah okay. you not singing your all all i do is win this just made up for it girl yes i'm feeling it i'm feeling your gangster i'm feeling the vibes oh yes. that was gangster to you
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen we've come a long way <laughs> we've You're come a long way okay
1: very
0: loosely <laughs> well i have to for you anyway so <laughs> I, I love
1: you. you i love you i love you no it's fine so... i don't know what i am
0: It's fine. It's all good. Um, Oh, real quick. um, When you quote, get your smudge on. It's really cool if you can like, I like to open my windows. Um, I like to go like corner to corner in a room and kind of like let the smoke (sighs) ascend out. You know, like I said, sage is for removing the negative. So let that smoke kind of trail out and let that sweet grass bring in the positivities. Um, I do my entire house. I usually try to end or start and end with an entry. So like I will go to my front door first. And kind of mm-hmm. work my way out. That's just typically what I do. So that is Sage in a brief, brief summary. I just wanted to make sure that people were not being a little dummies like me and lighting it with uh-huh. a liner. So be classy, use a candle. That's all I got for you. <laughs> oh, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Does it matter what kind of candle? Um, no, it just
0: said a candle. So
1: okay. I think you're About good as long Bollywood as it's it's candle.
0: You can. You totally can. Just like the 700 that I just bought. But yes, I think it's it's all again, all 100% about your intention. If you're going in being like super silly, it's it's not going to work. You have to be, which is very hard for me. You have to be ready to go, positive, yeah. bringing in that positivity. Have good intentions, not just with your sage
2: but in life. That's all I got for you. <laughs> and Morgan, does it matter where you get your sage from? Oh, Yes, to quote one of the oh. sites that I
0: read, you can get sage anywhere. You can see green sage in a Costco. Do not buy that sage. Oh. <laughs> Actually, oh. it's preferred to go to like a holistic store, something like that. I got mine. Whew. I honestly, my mom got me one of them, and I don't know where she got it. I know it's very frequent to people buy them on Etsy. Oh, okay. there's just there's a couple holistics. Yeah, they are on Amazon. There's a couple holistic stores, um, not to triangulate my location yeah, at all, like, what's, uh, what's <laughs> in that general area, in that general area. Um, yeah, so stores like that okay. tend to have the best of the best. Um, again, I, I could go into more details, I, I would have to research more, but there's way there's different some there's different types mm. of sages like white sage and sage, okay. white sage with this type of herb and everything has a different intention much like gemstones and things like that. So if you want to go mm-hmm. full fledged you can do a lot lot more research on it but wanted to get the proper protocol in place for people who wanted to know. Yeah.
1: So cool. that's cool. My brother um he's in college in Ohio and he just moved into a new house and it's haunted. Like they hear footsteps and doors opening and closing all the time, and I was like, "Oh, yes, Dad, I'm we so should excited!" Like sage- yeah, I was like, "We should sage your house," and he's like, "Absolutely not." And I was like, "No, it's good," and he's like, "Well, no," he's like, "This ghost isn't mean; it doesn't bother us." He's like, "We'll just leave it." Aww.
0: well, that's yeah, the thing, thing too is like, thing. yeah, and 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 I don't think saging is too is necessarily to remove anything. It's just like oh, people, like I've heard one. in the past too, when there's a super negative spirit or like, and you can't sage or whatever. Like I've heard, I've read scary stories and things where parents will like if the kid is scared of a ghost they'll say like no you are not allowed to speak to them you are not allowed to interact with this person like you can coexist here but you are not allowed to speak to my child and like the ghosts if they're not malevolent they usually listen so i think even if he if he felt a negative presence and wanted to sage he wouldn't lose that positive you know spirit yeah
1: all right. Well, I'm going to first cool. birthday and we are bringing sage. So <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> and... Yes. No, oh, it's so cool, Marianne. I didn't know all those details about it. That's
2: awesome. I didn't know either because I'd be the one who would go to Costco and get the not so good <laughs> sage and I'd mess everything up. So whenever I do get officially get and move into a new house morgan you're coming over one to make sure it's not haunted and then Absolutely. to help me sage it <laughs> please yeah girl before
0: before you help sign that contract please let me come over <laughs> oh my
2: god erin
1: just has a head of lettuce like will this do can we use <laughs> <two things?" laughs>
2: i'll just end up pissing whatever off in there I so oregano in there
1: i heard ghosts like that really
2: i don't juicy. know i just got a bowl and i threw some herbs in and now there's just ghosts everywhere
0: uh, <laughs> i can see it they're now. mad at, I at me
1: i attracted <laughs> more Mm -hmm. like termites Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I would do it that's why we have one
2: sheesh exactly (laughs) we all play a role here Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Morgan, (laughs) for that story. And thank you, Sarah, for your story, too. And thank you, listeners, for listening into this episode. I hope this was enough Sinister Sunshine to get you through your day. Um, If you want to support us and show us your love, um, go ahead and go to Instagram and follow us at Sinister Sunrise Podcast. You can also email us at SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. So Mm -hmm. send us um, your personal stories, whether that's ghosts, True crime or anything psychology, or any recommendations you want us to look into for stories that we could possibly tell in the future. Mm-hmm. Also, if you want us, uh, if you want to show us your love, we've had a couple people leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if you go ahead and leave a review, please um, send us that review also um to our email sinister sunrise podcast at gmail.com and we will Mm -hmm. send you one of our sinister scout stickers that we have so that will be um, our sinister sunrise logo that you will get but you have to go ahead leave us again that review on apple Podcasts, and we will send that to you whenever you email us your address we just want to show you guys your love as well that we love you guys we love that you're listening to us we want to show us um your support so we appreciate it Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for listening and we'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye.